Broadcasting live from the Lion's Den. A series of conversations around a 21st century approach to management and talent. Today's broadcast is made possible by Golden Source Consultants. Passionate about changing the way management consulting firms do business for the better. And now, straight from the Lion's Den, here are today's hosts, Jordan Lofton and Todd Schnick. All right, good morning and welcome back to the Lion's Den. I'm your host, Todd Schnick, joined as always by my friend and colleague, Jordan Lofton. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Outstanding. Well, very important conversation today about keeping millennials engaged. I imagine this is a challenge that a lot of employers don't realize they have a problem and then there's a lot we can do to help them figure out how to keep these guys engaged. But before we do that, though, a quick shout out to Golden Source Consultants for making this possible. Well, thank you for doing that. And as you know, we're a consulting firm that is by millennials for millennials. And so this is a topic that we hope engages our own team as well as a couple of other millennials out there listening. I bet uh, there's plenty that are dying to get engaged <laughs> more in their organization. You know, so, but I've spent a lot of time observing how organizations interact with millennials. And we talk a lot about training. We talk about how to recruit. But I don't know that there's near enough conversation about how to keep them engaged once they're embedded into the organization. So, I mean, is that a common problem? You know what? I actually think this is a little bit of a myth about millennials is Hmm. that they're not engaged. I think actually amongst my peers and even amongst my employees, I find that they're very engaged. They're always asking questions. We want to do a better job. We're constantly looking at trends. So from that perspective, I see millennials as actually being highly engaged. However, I think the challenge is that it's a particular individual who's not excited about something that they're working on. And so it's not so much that they're not engaged from what they do in their career. It's maybe a task or a process that they're not engaged with that their employer it feels as high value. So what you're saying is that when most employers say, oh, these millennials, they're just not engaged. It goes back to, no, it's because you're not effectively engaging them. It's your fault, right? I mean, you said an example in the last episode about how uh, when a customer is poorly served, the manager should say, sorry, it's my fault. I didn't do an effective job training these employees to better serve you. Instead, they blame the employee. Well, I think the similar situation here, right? I mean, if a millennial is not engaged, it's not because they're uninterested. It's because the organization's not doing the right things to engage them. Am I right on that? Well, I think, first of all, if we start by asking the employee why they're not interested, I think we'll get to the bottom of a Mm. lot of those questions because you're really going to get one of a few answers from a millennial. And each of those may have some different responses. One may be it's boring. The work is boring. The work is boring. It's not challenging enough. I don't understand how to do it. Or there is something about the process or interaction with others that's causing difficulty. And some of those things, you know, we can attribute to that person just isn't engaged. Mm -hmm. And some of those things are things, hmm, I really need to take a deeper look into that as an employer because there may be a reason that person is not finding this engaging, quote unquote. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now, we're going to talk in our next episode about how to challenge your millennial employees. Uh, but I imagine when an employer hears someone say, oh, I just, the job here, the work is boring. That's probably got to be very, very frustrating for an employee to hear. I don't think that has anything to do with which generation you're in because as a millennial employer, when I hear that, it's pretty frustrating for me too. So I certainly sense that frustration. 
One of the things that I've had to remind myself is to really ask what it is that they find boring about it and to really get to the bottom of that because some of those things may actually be things I can solve. Some of them may not be. But at any point, it's still my responsibility to understand what boring means to that person and then try and address that as an employer. And I'll give you an example. So a task may be boring because someone doesn't understand where it fits into the bigger picture. So from my own work experience, I remember my very first project coming into consulting. And one of the things that I was assigned to do, I was on a video media download project. And that was actually a very exciting project. But a lot of the tasks that I was being given were very repetitive. And so I was finding it very boring. And so one day, my manager came and asked me to create a promotion code. And this was one of those tedious tasks that I had to do. And I really wasn't into the task and I was bored with it until he explained to me, do you know what this code is going to be used for? Now, what that code was going to be used for was to print the promotion code on every single DVD that would announce the launch and it would give a discount to the very first customers coming in. So this went out to one of the world's leading retailers and every single DVD that announced this new launch would have the code that I was about to generate. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, I was able to walk into this big retailer, show my parents that DVD, show them that promotion code and explain to them that was something I had worked on. Now that was a very boring task, but all of a sudden it became much more exciting because I understood the relevance of what that was. Well, it speaks to what we were saying at the end of, of our last episode about figuring out how to communicate effectively to the millennials the, the why and the mission of the organization. Because it strikes me that when, if I'm hearing you correctly, that if you're finding an employee who's not engaged or they're bored or they're not challenged or they don't, it's because they don't really understand that bigger picture. I mean, that, and that's, that problem is a common one in business and it impacts so many different elements of business, but inc- including this one. That's exactly what I'm saying. And really what the millennials are asking is, tell me why this matters. Tell me why me doing this boring and seemingly meaningless task matters to the business. And even if it matters to the business, why does it matter to the customers? Why does it matter in the grand scheme of life? They're asking some very big questions and we can just go tell them to get the work done. And then we're going to find that they're disengaged and be mad that they're disengaged. So which comes first? If you can explain the mission behind the task, you're going to keep them engaged. Last episode, we talked about training in depth. I suspect that you would agree with my understanding that if there's an effective training program and an ongoing one, and there's continued learning, continued professional development, that in and of itself is a way to keep millennials engaged, right? That's one way. Absolutely. Yep. I think other ways are just even doing things like cross-training or explaining what this new project is all about. Just the ramp up of a new project in and of itself should have some onboarding. So I think there's lots of ways we can engage them. Well, when I hear you rattle off some of the answers to when an employer asks a millennial, why are you not engaged? And, they, and we get the, it's boring. It's not challenging enough. I don't understand how to do it. Or there's something about the process or the interaction with others that's causing to... Strikes me that the a main culprit here in why millennials are not engaged is poor communication. Am I simplifying that down too much? I think that if we're going to focus on communication, I think it is a two-way street. So we're expecting a certain amount of feedback back from them. So there is some lack of communication and that lack of communication is showing as disengagement, right? And so the millennial isn't necessarily telling you, I think this task is boring, but here's why I find it boring. So we have to be the ones that engage them in that conversation 
And then we have to be the ones that correct that through proper communication. So that is really the communication barrier I see is is millennials do disengage from the conversation about the task. And we as employers are not engaging them in the conversation. Or we're not listening very well, as we talked about in our initial episode. All right. Jordan and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Golden Source Consultants is a different kind of management consulting firm. Like their logo, The Lion, the firm represents the courage and ability to overcome difficulties. Once and for all, GSC is dedicated to helping clients solve critical challenges, tackling organizational change and business transformation with turnkey solutions and agile project cycles. The lasting value of their work is seen and felt in their clients' ability to sustain improvement and meet business objectives long after the project is complete. Join Golden Source in their fresh approach to problem solving by contacting them at 404-692-5540 or learn more about them online at goldensourceconsultants.com. All right, Todd Schnick back with Jordan Lofton. So, Jordan, this is probably something I should have asked you at the top of the show, but probably important to be sure that I'm clear on what how you define what engaged actually means. It's one of those things I suspect that if you were to ask 10 people to define an engaged employee, you'd probably get 10 different answers. How does Jordan Lofton define it? Good point. And I think it's important to have a definition that's not just specific to millennials. It's Mm. specific to our entire employee population. So I'd say it has a couple of different aspects to it. A, they're excited to come into work and to work on what they're responsible for. B, they're attentive and responsive with customers and other employees. And C, they help me create an environment where we are all one team. And those are the things that when I take a step back and I look at GSC, those are the things I want to see my team doing so that I know that they're engaged. Well, when I, I'm thinking about uh, what you just said there, that an, an engaged employee is excited to come to work. They're attentive and responsive to customers and, and they create a positive culture. If you don't do those things, you're going to go out of business. I mean, so I worry that there's a lot of employers saying, oh, I don't have to worry. I got a training program. I got an onboarding program. This engagement thing, they're paid to do the job. They just need to do it. But hearing what you just said, that if a workforce full of disengaged employees, you're not going to, it's going to be a miserable work environment. Customers are going to be poorly served and and the culture is going to be poisonous. It's a miserable place to work. No wonder millennials are job hopping. Absolutely. And one of the challenges that you have to think about as an employer is you may be giving them relevant skill sets, but if you're not engaging them and it, let's just say it is a toxic workplace, it's something that they're going to ultimately leave. If they gain skill sets with you and they figure out, you know what, my employer really doesn't have it right. I think I can do it better. They may go out there and become your competitor one day and they may have figured out how to solve those challenges that you're having a hard time with. And then they're going to be doing better business than you. So you can leverage the talent that's there or you can one day wake up and find them as your competitor. Well, I suspect another problem is is that when an employer observes a workforce that's not happy to come in and they're not attentive to customers and they think, oh, I need to replace that person because they're obviously a bad seed. When in fact, if you're not engaging your employees, <laughs> especially your millennial employees, the problem is going to continue. It's going to be a never-ending cycle. Well, I, I think it's easy to to say that someone's a bad seed. A, if it, how did they get here in the first place? Yeah. So that kind of goes back to our recruiting questions mm-hmm. that we had. Mm-hmm. B, were they always a bad seed? There's a lot of people who came in and they had a great worth at 
work ethic. And then at some point, they disengaged. Why did that happen? Something happened. And it most likely wasn't that they just woke up one day and decided to be a bad seed. So there was a reason they disengaged. And when we see that as an employer, we need to start asking the questions just like the millennials ask us why. We need to ask them why, because there's probably some things we can do better. Yeah, that's a critical question to ask. And I think you, I think you can break that cycle. I mean, and so how do you do that though? I mean, how, so if I'm an employer listening to this saying, okay, Jordan, I get it. I understand. And I suspect I'm not engaging my people. How do I begin to figure this out? The first thing we can do is actually make it exciting and really listen to what makes our team tick and then find out ways that we can incorporate the things that excite our team into those monotonous tasks, into the tasks that we're finding them disengaging from. And I think some great organizations like Chick-fil-A and Disney, they find ways to do that. So think about when you walk into Chick-fil-A, you are giving someone a fast food order. Now this is high school student, college student, they're not very highly paid. You know, They're not lawyers or doctors making six-figure salaries, but they smile, they are courteous to you, they provide you with a high level of service, and they're excited to come into work every day. And then it's a fast food place. Why is that? Because Chick-fil-A has explained to them the mission. They've explained why ringing up someone's order and smiling at them is important. And they've seen value and the interaction that they've had with customers and the positive response they've received and the reward that they've received from doing that well. And so that actually excites their workforce and they have a more successful business because of that. Well, you think about that. I I mean, I'm like probably most people who say, wow, that was a really nice person at Chick-fil-A. Then I go to McDonald's and I don't have that same experience. And what you're telling me is there's a reason why that's the case. I mean, it's, it's very much a strategic move on Chick-fil-A's part to result in when you just observe, wow, what a friendly cashier that was. Right. When there was a lot of work and a lot of focus and a lot of devotion to making that the case. It's intentional. And yeah. it's, it's not just intentional for the customer, it's intentional for the employee because they want that employee to have a positive experience as they're working there. And doing things like leader cast that they put on, why do they do that? I mean, what's the value in producing something like leader cast for a fast food place. The value is that that they are touching on something that is important to their employees and they are allowing them to share stories about Chick-fil-A ultimately that is meaningful to them that they identify with their employer in a new way and feel like they're a part of something bigger than just a fast food order. Yeah. Well, what if I'm hearing you correctly, what you just described is what I think you call an exposure to leadership, right? I mean, that's that's a key to this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's giving them, even at the lowest level, they have an opportunity to lead and it's showing them how they are valued as leaders within your organization, even at the lowest levels. All right. So Jordan, now let's shift focus here a little bit. Um, in our first episode, we talked about how the millennial generation is far more brand aware and they're much more engaged in social media type activity. Uh, Let's talk about technology. I mean, do you think that millennials will only engage if they have technology like social media or or mobile? do, Do employers need to rethink their whole technology focus to meet the demands of the millennial workforce? Well, I think more than being connected, it's about feeling connected Mm. to their employer for millennials. So if you're looking at pursuing technology as a strategy for your team, that's wonderful. Just make sure that you're not losing the personal connection there. 
So it should facilitate the personal connection if you're going to have it. And if you're just looking at this as a way of pushing technology on your team and that's going to solve some engagement issue with your business, it's really not going to do that. And you're going to be adding another layer of complexity. And I also think it creates the the impression that you're actually, you're disengaging as a leader from your team. So we want to make sure that we're we're staying connected with them in the right ways. So just because the boss gets on Twitter doesn't make them suddenly cool and hip and and fostering and engaging. Unless culture. you're Elon Musk, and then it's and then it's really cool and hip. So well, yeah, that's that's a good point. He's always the exception, isn't he, Elon Musk? All right. So hey, at the top half of the show, we were talking about some of the things that millennials say that signify disengagement. Uh, you mentioned uh, that they may blame the process or interaction with others as a, as a key reason why they're not excited. Uh, walk us through some more on this. I think this is important to, to dive a little deeper into. So on this one, I think 50-50 is kind of the, the the balance on this one. We really have to listen to what the person is saying. In a lot of cases, they may be coming to us and trying to explain challenges to what they're working on. And there may be a breakdown in how the process is working and how groups are communicating with our organization. And that's presenting challenges that are causing them to disengage. And so we have an opportunity rather than a challenge we have an opportunity to improve our process. And sometimes they actually come to us with the solution or a proposed solution. And we should take some time to listen to whether or not that's a good idea or even to let them try it. Because even if it fails, it reinforces the fact that the process is in place for a reason. So I think on that side, we'd have an opportunity. On the flip side, I think there are some who are not able to follow the process. And so they're disengaging because they don't like the process that is valid. And in that case, we have an individual who has been put in a role where they're not a fit. And we need to listen to that equally. And we need to look at that not as the person did something wrong, but as an opportunity to say, okay, if this person is in the wrong role, and the process is working, but the person isn't, I need to very quickly make the right decision for this individual so that they can find a role that is a fit for them. Well, and this goes without saying as well, but obviously if there's a problem with or blaming the process, maybe there's poor training. Absolutely. It could go all the way back to the training. At the end of the day, I do think that we have to admit that there are some things that have worked very well for the company and the process has been trained. However, there are some people who will have a hard time adopting the process. And well, so we, we have to match both. Yeah. And it goes back to what you just said, uh, that sometimes you hire drunk too. Mm-hmm. And that's, you have to be very cognizant of that when you're in the recruitment phase of this thing. And being flexible that, you know what, it may take you and that young person a little bit of time to find the right role. It doesn't mean that they're not a good hire. It doesn't mean that they don't have great skill sets for you. It means that initially both of you or misaligned on where they were put into and we maybe need to move them to a different role or we need to find a way of using that skill set in a different capacity. Well, and I suspect what happens frequently, Jordan, in most organizations is that when there is something something isn't aligned, most of the time the employer doesn't do anything about it and so the employee leaves. Whereas if you acknowledge, all right, this isn't the right fit for you, let's figure out how to get this thing right. Boom, that's what the millennial employee wants, right? Is someone engaged with them to say, let's figure this out. Absolutely. And, you know, to be fair, it's valid for the employer to expect results and to to expect an engaged employee. And if the relationship isn't right, 
it's the right thing to do for both parties to find mutually beneficial other arrangements, right? Mm. And so we, we shouldn't keep investing in an employee who's just not a fit. It may be beneficial to both of you to part on mutual terms, even if that person leaves your organization. But you've done it in such a way that, look, we're really trying to find the right fit for you. However, we're not finding it here. And we think that there's some opportunities that would be a good fit and help that person find those things and and give them the feedback so that they can go be successful because that's more meaningful to that young person than hitting their head against the wall every day when they come in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And more important in many cases than their salary. Yep, that absolutely. sense of being involved in doing something meaningful, contributing to that why and mission of the organization. All right. Well, about out of time, Jordan. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have any questions on any of this? If they'd like to go to our website, www.goldensourceconsultants.com, we'll find a lot more information on our Lion's Den blog and also some of our white papers. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my co-host, Jordan Lofton, I am Todd Schnick. Next time, we're going to talk about how to keep your millennial employees challenged. That promises to be pretty intriguing. All right. Again, on behalf of my co-host, Jordan Loffin, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time in The Lion's Den. 